It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Fourth and five, the national championship on the line right here. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Vince Young scores. the dreams, all the hopes for the national championship come down to this play. Young from the shotgun, back to throw. Vince looks, under pressure. He'll tuck it in and run. Vince to the five. Young, touchdown Texas. Touchdown Vince Young. He's done it again. Vince Young has given the Longhorns the lead with 19 seconds to play in the game. This is an incredible individual effort for Vince Young. How about this play? Trying to get a receiver open in the end zone. Gets pressure, feels it, sees the corner of the end zone. And how about another walk-in touchdown for Vince Young? All right, Longhorn Nation. Welcome to another Wednesday edition of the Orange Report. Hope everybody is having a great week so far, and I'm hoping this Saturday is going to give us much better results than what we saw last Saturday. We're going to break down what went wrong at Oklahoma State, and here in just a few minutes, joining the Orange Report is our good friend, Alan Kinney from blatanthomerism.com. He's going to give us the scoop on what we can expect from the Oklahoma Sooners this Saturday. Um, you know, I'm going to talk about it with him, but obviously the most recent news, their big defensive tackle, Walker, is out this week. Um, I think that's a huge blow uh, for the Sooners. So we're going to talk about that with Allen. We're going to find out about Baker Mayfield's injury. I think they've also got a linebacker out. So we're going to get into Red River shootout, Red River rivalry, Red River showdown, whatever you want to call it here in just a minute. So without further ado, it looks like Alan is on the line. So as always, glad to have you, Alan. Welcome back to the Orange Report. Hey, thanks a lot, man. Happy to be here. Well, good. Um, Well, the Sooner season has looked a lot like my Longhorn season. Um, Some some decent wins and some some pretty ugly losses. I guess I'll start with the news I was just kind of introing there. Obviously, the big defensive tackle um, looks like he's a no-go for y'all this week. So, I don't never like injuries, but I think that's advantage Longhorns with our running game. So, I guess that's a blow to y'all this week. Uh, Yeah, Charles Walker going down is certainly a blow. You know, he's a guy that uh, has been one of their more consistent defenders, you know, when he's been able to stay on the field uh, the past couple of years. You know, he's been – dealing with a couple kind of lingering issues uh, injury-wise, but uh, this is, uh, you know, Bob Stoops said it was uh, due to concussion, which is also what kept him out of uh, the uh, Orange Bowl last year, and that that was a real blow to Oklahoma back then, too, against Clemson's running game. So, 
you know, he's probably, the, in my opinion, their best run defender on the defensive line. So uh, losing him certainly hurts. Well, yeah, uh, the Sooners obviously had some, you know, some tough games opening against Houston, um, and then obviously um, Ohio State. So they're, they, you know, obviously the, the Sooners have not dodged anybody. But um, how, how would you grade their season so far? I mean, I know expectations were extremely high. Uh, I was of the belief they were uh, too high. I, I didn't think y'all were a top ten team opening the season, uh, but that was just my take. So I guess how would you grade the season at this point? Well, you know, before the season started, uh, you know, I, I kind of I, I didn't really see Oklahoma as a playoff type team either. You know, I think I had them pegged to go uh, ten and two, um, which which you know probably would have had them winning the Big Twelve. Um, you know, it's hard it, it, putting a letter grade on it, man. Uh, like a C, I guess. I mean, uh, you know, I thought that getting the win the way they did at TCU was really was uh, was actually. Uh, you know, a, a, a solid win for this team simply because, while you know, yeah, the defense gave up a ton of yards and a ton of points. Um, you know, that was the kind of game where they got down 21-7 early. And, yep. uh, you know, body language looked bad. And I felt like the way that they, they uh, came back and really dropped the hammer on for two quarters was, uh, was you know, that was a, a good sign, I think, going for, for going forward. But, uh, you know, the way that they played against Houston – um, you know, I thought that uh, I was, you know, kind of I was, I was disappointed more so in the way that Baker Mayfield played more than uh, anyone else. And then, of course, you know, losing that game the way they did to uh, Ohio State, I mean, you know, they were never really, you know, I think from after about the first quarter on, really never made like a solid threat, you know, to, to really uh, put any, you know, get back into the game. That was disappointing. So, you know, I mean, there's been some good, some bad, I can't say I've been entirely surprised, um, you know, but, uh, you know, the other thing about it, too, though, is they're really getting hit with injuries right now. Yeah, the injury bug is definitely um, has started to hit y'all for sure. You know, I, I was talking, you know, kind of thinking earlier, you know, I, I've been attending this game, I, 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 you know, probably more, way more than half my life. And, and obviously I've seen everyone that, that, that Stoops has coached and been there and what I have found fascinating uh, with the Stoops coach team in the, in the uh, rivalry game is, uh, as a Texas fan, I'm always watching on how fast OU starts. I mean, historically, it's been pretty known. If y'all come out fast and we get an early turnover, man, under Mac Brown, you know, and even Charlie's first year, man, it just seems to snowball um, pretty quick. Uh, now, when we've had really good teams with Vince Young and in one, you know, uh, it, it's worked that way. But games that like last year that kind of go back and forth, you know, both teams are, are you know, are kind of sluggish. So, you know, I guess I'm expecting from, from my standpoint for, for a fast OU start, obviously, with, with y'all's offense attacking our just the worst defense in Texas history right now. Uh, I mean, Bob's probably got to be licking his shots watching film on our defense. So how do you think Mayfield and in the, in the offense is, is really going to uh, attack our defense Saturday? Wow, that's a no. That's a great question. You know, uh, you know, in Texas, uh, looking at it, you know, obviously there are a lot of problems on the back end and the secondary. Uh, you know, there are, there are issues with tackling, and uh, you know, I mean, from what I can tell, though, the uh, the defensive line, while not being full of uh, necessarily uh, heralded standouts, is actually playing really well. 
Um, you know, and so I think that what what you'll be looking for is Oklahoma trying to get the ball out on the edges a little bit early, uh, you know, kind of feeling its way on the perimeter there, uh, you know, with some screens, some quick hitters, uh, you know, forcing forcing Texas to try to tackle uh, a lot of the playmakers that, that uh, Oklahoma has offensively in space. Uh, you know, there'll be guys like uh, D.D. Westbrook. Uh, you know, they'll be looking – they'll probably uh, line up uh, Joe Mixon some in the slot or, or motion him out of the backfield. Uh, you know, trying to see how Texas will defend him. What you know, if they can, if they draw one-on-one coverage type type looks. Um, so you know, I think that that's it. And, and I wouldn't be surprised also to uh, see Oklahoma take a deep shot or two early, try to loosen up the defense a little bit, and then uh, go back to working underneath. Yeah, and, and you know, obviously, you know. You know, Strong is, is, you know, basically the D.C. now. Um, you know, I've been under the belief it's been his defense anyway. He's a defensive coach. So, I mean, from my perspective, I just have a hard time believing that he has just been sitting there and not doing anything. And now all of a sudden, you know, you know he's going to be the main guy. I mean, he's been the main guy, in my opinion. I mean, he's a defensive coach. Uh, and, you know, it's just perplexing. And I'm going to do a whole segment when I'm with, with you all, man. I've got lots of, um, I guess, hot takes on that that don't sit real well with me. Um, the, the, you know, just the whole scenario. It just doesn't add up for me. But, you know, that's a different discussion. Well, how about defensively? Obviously, our offense is, is improved. If there is a positive right now with the team, Gilbert has, has, been, a, has been a success. Shane Bouchelle is a true freshman, is, is playing pretty well. Um, I think our running backs are good. Um, so, y'all's defense, again, like you said, at TCU struggled. Uh, I feel fairly confident we're going to be able to put some points on the board. Yeah, I mean, I think so, too. That's kind of the way I'm looking at this game going in. I mean, I could see both teams actually scoring quite a bit. Um, you know, looking at it, Oklahoma has one quarterback position locked down tight with Jordan Thomas, who's, you know, a really, really strong cornerback, good cover guy. The problem is for Oklahoma so far is the position across from him. Uh, they've had kind of a revolving door there with uh, Dakota Austin, uh, who was, you know, a, a senior guy that, that started the year off in that, in that spot and lost the job pretty quickly. They've also uh, had a true freshman then who uh, was the next man up in Parrish Cobb, uh, who's got a lot of promise. Uh, you know, I mean, this is a guy that was really, really highly touted, well-regarded uh, in recruiting circles. He was out last week with a uh, with an injury, though. He's back this week, so I would uh, I would not be surprised to see him get quite a bit of time. And then also, uh, you know, a guy that they've shifted over from offense actually to defense, and Micaiah Quick. He was a guy that came to OU as a, you know, uh, you know he was classified as an athlete, and I think that the uh, you know original idea was to play him at receiver. If he had started at cornerback, he and and, and you know carried it out for all three years, I think he would have been. Uh, in really good shape right now. You know, as it is, he's still kind of learning the position. But, um, you know, he was uh, really hobbled by uh, cramps last week. And I think that that caught up to him in the fourth quarter. He was having a hard time staying with the uh, TCU's burners out there on the on the far edge. Um, you know, I'm not sure if they'll start Cobb or Quick this week, but I would imagine those two guys will see most of the time. That's where Texas could, can probably do some damage. Now, you know, what's Oklahoma been doing uh, this week to try to give that guy a little help or shore that position up? You know, that, that's still uh, to be seen. Um, you know, Texas's running game certainly 
worries me because they've got two, you know, big thumping backs there. You know, I mean, I know that uh, Chris Warren's probably out, but, uh, you know, Dante Foreman uh, is a guy that, uh, you know, obviously gave him trouble last year, and he started off the season very well. Um, you know, and, and I thought that uh, Porter ran really well last week, too, in, in, you know, the limited action that he got. Um, and then, you know, I think that also, you know, that that package that they run, the 18-wheeler package with swoops, is the kind of kind of package that could give Oklahoma trouble because, you know, you've got a big, burly quarterback who can, uh, you know, drag guys for a couple extra yards and whatnot. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Gilbert went to that a little bit more because that seems to that, – that really seems to kind of uh, – Hit Oklahoma where it hurts, so to speak, with their their you know lack of depth up front right now, and uh, you know kind of undersized guys that are playing in there right now. Yeah, the, the eighteen wheeler package is. I mean, I have watched just film after film after film on it, and you know it looks like it's easy to stop. But you know, even though swoops may not just have the the most accurate or the best arm. The threat is always there, so when you, I mean, you just can't walk up those safeties, and when you do, and also too, he's deceivingly fast. I mean, like you said, his first one or two step may take him a little bit, but once he gets burling uh, on the zone read, and we run it out of the zone read, and then what, what I've noticed what Gilbert's doing with it this year is there's a lot of misdirection. He's pulling guards yeah. different ways. The backs are going different ways, so the safeties and the linebackers are all stepping, and he's got about four different reads, and and. And, and I don't know that. I'm just, this is just my opinion. It looks like on any of them given plays that the offensive line blocks about the same as if he throws it or he runs it. So you really can't get a read on them. So I think he has an option to throw it when he does the two or three fakes. And if he looks up and sees a guy running, he's going to chuck it to him. So it, it's just the craziest thing how something can so simple has turned in to be a magnificent um, weapon that we have. Because I, I like I said, I've watched it over and over say, okay, I bring my outside linebacker here, I'd slide this defensive tackle over, and then i go, no, that ain't going to work because he's going to pull. I mean, it's just an amazing thing. And, and uh, I, I mm-hmm. mean, you know, obviously we, we stole some of that from y'all when Norville came over and Gilbert, his fifth um, obviously added to it. Um, well, let mm-hmm. me shift gears here. Let's talk, about, uh, let's talk about our head coaches. Obviously, um, Charlie Strong's seat is, um, is, is, is scorching about right now. Uh, you know, Bob Suits has, has had a tremendous amount of success there. Uh, but, I mean, big-time college football, Oklahoma, y'all fans are like our fans. They expect to win. Um, what, what, what kind of pushback is he getting at this point? Oh, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, I mean, I've been coming on the show now for a couple of years. You know, I mean, it's the kind of – it's kind of the same thing over and over. I mean, uh, you know, Bob Suits has been there for 18 years in, in this, in this day and age, that is, I mean, a lifetime in coaching. Um, and so, I, you know, I think that part of part of any kind of unrest, I think, has to do kind of with that is seeing, you know, the same faces and, and, and hearing kind of the same, uh, you know, uh, you know, kind of go-to catchphrases and whatnot. Um, you know, I mean, I, I don't – You'll you'll hear plenty of uh, you know message board rambling about about Stoops or you know people who hit me up on Twitter complaining about him, but you know I, I think that his job is very very safe, very very secure yeah. uh, with the administration. Now, you know if things keep going this way with the defense, I mean a lot of people uh, I think that you know feel like that has been the one area. You know I mean 
Mike brought his, uh, pardon me, Bob brought his brother Mike back. That, uh, you know, I mean, you know, states have, in a lot of cases, have nepotism laws, you know, for a reason because of kind of these, these you know, tricky situations this, this, these create. I mean, you know, I think that Mike, in a lot of ways, has paid for mistakes that uh, OU was making in recruiting before he got there, uh, you know, mistakes that, that Bob was making with his staff. Um, but, you know, it's kind of beyond the point now where those those kinds of excuses should hold up anymore. Um, so, you know, the real thing I think to watch going forward is going to be uh, how how they address that, and you know, with, on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, if, if, if things don't improve defensively for Oklahoma, I wouldn't be surprised to see Mike Stoops at the end of the year uh, find, you know, move on, find a different job, step down, I mean, you know, to take that off of uh, Bob, to take that to take that kind of onus off of him, because uh, otherwise, you know, I mean, the the idea of firing your brother that's just that's a uh, you know that's just, that's yeah. that's certainly a touchy one. Yeah, that makes for a tough Christmas dinner, doesn't it? I mean, that, that dinner type yeah, of conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about strong, and and I'm and I'm, and I'm just going to tell you, I mean, let's let's be you know don't don't sugarcoat it because you're on a on a, on a Texas podcast because I'm getting ready to. To, to, to unload, and I'm probably getting ready to get killed. Well, don't watch my missions in about 30 minutes because it's not going to be pretty, I'm sure. So, uh, and, and I've been a strong supporter. Now, have I been critical at times when I've seen things that I disagree? Absolutely, but uh, I haven't I haven't officially said this yet, so I'll go ahead and do it now. My mentions are probably getting ready to, to, to go insane. I'm going to have to get off tweet deck. But um, I, I am 100% as of after the Ohio um, – Oklahoma State game off the Charlie Strong wagon. Um, I was barely hanging on. Believe it or not, on Orange Bloods and, you know, inside all, all of the, the Texas uh, boards, I was actually starting to get called a, a, a Charlie Strong apologist because I kept telling people the roster was sorry. You know, I went through the whole the, the whole dialogue. and But, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to influence you, but I guess what is your impression of Strong um, at this point? Well, you know, I, I, you know, I, I try not to get too caught up in, in I like this guy or I don't like this guy because I don't know these people. Uh, but but right. Strong is a guy that that I've I've rooted for, you know, ever really since he got the uh, Louisville job. Um, you know, I, I, he paid his dues for a long time on the assistant, uh, you know, coaching trail longer than he really he should have, you know, and. And I, I, you know, I, I have no doubt that that in some way race influenced that. Um, and so, you know, the fact that uh, you know he built the Louisville program up, I was, I thought he, you know, I thought that he, you know he deserved, uh, or I deserve isn't the right word, but you know, it was, I thought it was very cool to see him get a shot at Texas because it was kind of like seeing a guy who, you know, toiled and and did things, you know, and really worked his way up through the ranks get that shot. Uh, you know, I, I've had, I have some, I I, I view his uh, whole, uh, I guess you know, kind of get tough, uh, disciplinary stuff in a lot of ways it, it, to be somewhat uh, hypocritical or counterproductive. But at the same yep. time, that doesn't mean that I don't think that he's he's necessarily been insincere about anything. I mean, I honestly do think that that's what he believes in, and uh, you know, that part I, you can't fault him for that. Um, you know, I, and I've also felt like, you know, from the beginning, you know, he, I mean, Texas is in, you know, such a, a unique animal in the sense that 
you've got so many cooks in the kitchen, so many boosters who have opinions. Uh, you know, and, and it did feel like from the start that they never really got on board with him. So, again, I was recruiting for him to, to – I mean, pardon me, I was rooting for him to, uh, you know, prove those guys wrong because, I mean, you know, so many of those gas bags, like you hear so much of that, it's just uh, – um, you know, but I mean, I had questions from the beginning, though, about how he went about doing things uh, in terms of on the field. Um, he never really, I, I've never really seen from his standpoint uh, a commitment to a vision of the program. I think that uh, he he came in wanting to do things one way, and, and it was the way that he's coached for a long time. And I'm not sure if he ever really, you know, I mean, at one year trying to to do more of a pro-style downhill physical offense, you know, he decided to go spread, but he never really seemed to me to even necessarily buy into it. I mean, even, even uh, you know, the transition to Sterling Gilbert and more of this Baylor's type offense is, you know, gone fairly well. But, it, again, you hear him talk about it, and it's just not something that I necessarily felt like he ever had a lot of enthusiasm for. And it, you have to manage your program a different way, too, when you commit to go to that style. And, uh, again, that's not something that I'm sure if he's necessarily been prepared for. Um, in a lot of ways, it just feels like it's kind of a, an odd fit. You know, uh, he might he might be better off at a place, you know, uh, maybe more in the southeast, kind of where he's, you know, somewhere in, you know, Florida, somewhere in there, you know, like that Miami job would have been perfect for him, I think. But, um, you know, it, it just seems like at this point, you know, in the middle of the third year, um, it's it's just – it's just not clicking. Yeah, I mean that's it. It's just it's just a fit thing. Uh, yeah, I, I'm like you. I, I think he's a, a you know, and I haven't met him. Well, I take that back. I met him at an event. I took a picture with him and shook his hand. I mean, what does that mean? So yeah, I guess technically I've met him, but I don't know him. Let me know. But you know, I guess on the surface, you know, talking to people that, that do, I guess. I mean, he you know seems like a good man. He has you know stands for something. He's good for good for the young men. Um, there's no doubt about it. The players love him. Parents love him. He does a lot of positives. But like you say, there's just something uh, missing there that it's just not. And 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 for me is, um, it's the inconsistency. We can come out and look really good, and then it's like we got we get lackadaisical for a week of practice, and and we're making the same mistakes over. It's just that attention to detail and the overall game management. Uh, of the game, and then also the like you just said, the decisions with the the staff. I mean, here we are. You know, Bedford's still on staff, but I mean, basically, if Strong is back next year, I mean, he's not going to keep Bedford and Jennings, and and, and so he's probably you know, one of them are going to be fired, probably Bedford or one of them are both. Um, so basically, uh, Gene Mary, the linebacker coach, is truly the only one on the staff in the same role that what they were hired with in three years. That's just. I mean, how often do you see that? None. Uh, and and mm. so at some point, the common denominator of all the issues is, is strong. And then that's not to say, like I just said, that he does a lot of things right, but the things that he does wrong is just killing him right now. So And, that, and that's obviously what I'm going to get into here in a minute. Well, let me ask you this. Let me put you on the spot. Well, i tell you what. Let me go ahead. i got a few minutes. I'm going to go ahead and do it. Um, let's talk about the state of the Big 12 a little bit. I mean, there's no way to sugarcoat it. Um, Overall, the Big 12 is awful compared to everybody else. I, you know, uh, obviously, y'all's 2017 class is looking pretty good, and I think that's why y'all have taken a little bit of a step back, is y'all had some down recruiting years, and, and uh-huh. obviously we did. That's you know the state that we're in. Um, 
So I think recruiting has affected us, you, and, and, and some other teams. But, I mean, what is wrong with the Big 12? Is it maybe the spread offenses are, are really affecting us? Um, or is it just recruiting? Or, 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 I mean, I, I can't figure it out, but we're just not as good uh, as a whole anymore uh, as, as we should be. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of it is really just the SEC kind of invading uh, Texas, which has always been, you know, the Big 12's breadbasket. And uh, now, you know, people talk about the rise of TCU or Baylor or what have you, but I, I think it's more, I mean, A&M obviously uh, raised its recruiting profile across the state, but also, you know, you're getting more schools coming in there, more like Ole Miss or, uh, you know, I guess, uh, you know, Alabama coming in there. Um, you know, LSU's always kind of, you know, poached around there in Houston, but probably taking up an even, you know, greater foothold there. Um, I think that is, that's hurt it a lot. And uh, so, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, and it's, and it's hard. I mean, I don't know necessarily if, uh, if, if, you know, if it's used as a negative recruiting point, oh, well, they play in the Big 12, so who cares? But it's certainly not a – a brand necessarily that uh, you can take on the road in recruiting and sell the way you can with the SEC. Um, you know, I mean, and so, I, I mean, I think that that has a lot to do with it. And, you know, the, you know, uh, that and, and a lot of these programs aren't necessarily marquee names out there, you know, I mean, uh, you know, Iowa state or uh, Kansas state. I mean, these are uh, in many ways, you know, Kansas state's had solid teams for a while. I mean, you know, very good program, but, these aren't exactly, you know, uh, you know, an Ohio State or, uh, you know, Florida or Georgia or, you know, an Alabama. I mean, you know, so it, it's harder, I think, to kind of ramp up the enthusiasm and generate the same kind of, uh, you know, national, I guess, just buzz and attention on the league. I think that's been a lot of the problem. But, I mean, like, fundamentally the problem is that the the structure, the league has never really – I don't know. It, it's it's never, you know. You look at the other conferences, the way that they pretty much go all in when it comes to uh, the media deals. You know, they they all you know kind of coalesce behind their commissioners. You know, that's never really been uh, the Big Twelve style, and part of that has to do, I think, with the fact that they have, you know, so you know, uh, uh, such a skew between I think the big dogs and the rest of the league. So uh, you know, it's just. A lot of a lot of kind of issues there that that you know add up to a lot of dysfunction and uh, that show ends up showing up on the field. I think. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a multitude of of, of issues and, and several you mentioned, but one one that I've I've started to hone in on and I can't quantify this by percentage or data. It's just you know my observation. Um, is if you go if you go walk around the halls of, of many of your um, your big high schools now in the state of Texas, um, you know one the admissions getting into Texas as a freshman has become harder. Even A and M has gotten harder. Baylor, TCU. So the number of seats um, available has affected it. So um, so I think the, in, the, in the three schools that I can really think of, Old Miss, Bama. Mississippi State are, are, are probably the three. There's some others in the SEC, but those three schools have done an outstanding job. And, I, I, and I, like I said, I don't know if, if because they're doing this to also increase their exposure for future athletes or whatever, but they have made a concerted effort at, 
from an academic standpoint to come down into most of all the big high school recruiting events uh, for academic people, not 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 um, athletic, mm-hmm. and to and to pull students in. I know of several students. Uh, I mean, a ton. That, that were considering going to Texas, A&M, different places, and Alabama, the old Misses, the Mississippi State stepped up and gave them fifty, eighty thousand $80,000 scholarships to go. So what I'm saying is, is, is 10, 15 years ago, you weren't seeing freshmen and sophomores walking around the halls with an Alabama or an old Miss or a Mississippi State shirt. So it's becoming more prevalent. One, obviously, the exposure of social media and, and, and the athletic part but now they're making a concerted effort to really get down here and recruit. So you're a you're a football player. You're already aware of of Alabama or Ole Miss or Mississippi State because of your athletic ability. Now you see your buddy who's the, the class president wearing an Ole Miss shirt. You start thinking, ah. So I, I just think the perception has changed, and it's now uh, an alter, an alternative for a lot of people to go to. And I see that a lot. I mean, I, I'm in high schools. Uh, an awful lot uh, because of my full-time profession working with youth. And I'm, I'm telling you, I have seen a dramatic increase in the amount of shirts. Now, of course, a lot of it is people follow winners and everything, but I don't mm. just say If I see a kid in an old Miss shirt or something, I'll ask them, hey, are you going to Ole Miss? Yeah. And so I get the story. I just don't assume they're an old Miss football fan. And like I say, I can't quantify it. I don't know what the percentage is, but I know for a fact when I, when I walk through schools now, I see – I see a ton more shirts, but, you know, that's a whole different conversation. So I think that is a factor. Well, let me put you on the spot. I know last year uh, you picked uh, you picked Oklahoma, uh, which was good for us because we, we stepped up in <laughs> the game, and I'm, expecting, and I'm expecting you to pick Oklahoma again, as you should. Um, so go ahead and give me your game pick, Alan. Yeah, you know what? I've, I've gone back and forth about this. I, I mean, I see this being a, a real shootout. I've got Oklahoma winning 45-40. to <laughs> Uh, you know, which, which would be obviously high and pretty crazy. But, uh, I, I mean, I think we might be in for that kind of game. Yeah, and, and I've gone back and forth. But I, I've, I've looked at since we've been with Strong, um, obviously he, he's got the team ready um, to, to, to play all three years. Even even his first year we got down. And, I mean, we get a third down stop there. We get the ball back. You never know what happened. We were right there at the yeah. end. Obviously last year we dominated pretty good. I expect us to come out and play. But I just don't think we're very good right now. I think there's something else going on. I don't know what it is. I'm not even going to speculate. Um, I don't think Strong is going to fix the defense in one week. He had two weeks for Oklahoma State. I mean, we had people – I mean, we were lining up in cover 12s, and there ain't no such thing as a cover 12. So, I mean, it was just awful. (laughs) So, uh, I usually give my game pick at the the end of the the night, but I'll go ahead and do it now. I've got OU 52, Texas 30. So that's where I'm at. Whoa. And, really? And, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I just don't feel good about it. And, and you know, I know everybody is um, everybody's tweeting and, and this and that. Uh, my, big, my big prediction is if the score is anywhere near that, uh, I think Strong will be gone next Sunday. I, I don't I – don't, I, I really – I'm not buying in. Uh, you, know, it, you know, as we all know, when people start saying something's not going to happen in the vote of confidence, well – if nothing's going to happen, why do you have to say it over and over and over? Um, um, if, if we get blown out this week, I think Strong is 100% done at the University of Texas. That's just my opinion, but I could be wrong. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, and uh, I, I mean, you know, I think that I think that that's very reasonable, and I'm with you. I I don't think that any of these, uh, you know, kind of proclamations, votes of confidence, necessarily do much to uh, 
give me give me much hope, reason to think that uh, if they do get blown out, he'll he'll keep his job through the end of the year. Yeah. Well, Alan, I appreciate it as always. Excellent takes, good stuff. Um, tell all our listeners where they can read your stuff and find you on Twitter. Oh yeah. Well, thanks. I, I, I really appreciate the invitation. Yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at Blayton Homerism, and uh, my website, at, you know, is uh, BlaytonHomerism.com. And uh, happy to uh, always talk football, even with uh, even with y'all Longhorns. So you know, please. That's right. And, and, I, and I always tell our, I always tell people this. Um, I go to your site, look at your stuff. I listen to your podcast. You always have excellent guests on. It's always awesome, and I always tell people, um, Alan's big time. I'm small time, so go check him out. So no. again, I appreciate it. No. no, man, it's been my pleasure, man. Thank you so much. It's awfully kind of you to invite me on, and uh, appreciate the kind words, man. All right, thanks, Alan. Good luck, and I'll I will I will be in the um, Coca Cola food court by the Greek stand where I've been for twenty straight years. Uh, with a turkey leg and a uh, wax cup in my hand about 7.30 Saturday. So uh, we'll see all the OU fans there, as usual. Sounds good, buddy. Thank you. All right. All right. All right. Alan Kenny with BlatantHomerism.com, as usual, bringing the enemy on the Orange Report. But you know what? Alan's good people, and I always appreciate him. Um, So, again, thanks, Alan, from Blatant Homerism. Well, I said I was going to do it. I'll probably regret it because I'll probably get some ag trolls on, but I am going to open the phone lines up for about 10 or 15 minutes. So if you want to come on, I don't even, I, I'm going to bring you right in. It's live. If you troll me and start talking bullshit, you're going to be gone. But I'm going to do it because I'm just that crazy. So give me a call, 347 if you're a Longhorn fan, give me your take. Um, what do we need to do? I'm going to give everybody about a minute or two. We're not going to get into a, a long, blown-out conversation. But come in, give me your take. Is Strong the right guy? Is Strong not the right guy? Does he need more time? I'm open to all conversations and opinions. So if you want to call the Orange Report, you've been dying to call the Orange Report. Do it right now, 347-857-2951. I will take your calls for a few minutes. Open line now. I'm going to tweet it out. So get after it if you want to. And until I get a caller from everybody scared to call, I'm going to talk about Coach Charlie Strong. Um, As I was telling Alan, I I, I like Coach Strong. I like what he stands for. I get that the roster was was a complete disaster. I get that we're young. I get all that. So let's just say all that's true. It's not mutually exclusive that we can also say that maybe Strong's just not a good coach. All that other stuff can be true. It's not you're on this side or that side. I mean, maybe maybe he's just not good enough for this job. And, and, and if he is, I mean, people need to come to grips with that. I'm of the belief at this point, like I told Alan, I'm off the train. I'm ready to move on. And I'm doing it, and I say that for two reasons. I'm loyal to the University of Texas at Austin. I'm not loyal to a coach. Strong Coaches come and go. Strong will come and go. Mac Brown came and went. Darrell Royal came and went. Love what they did. Guess what? They're gone. Mac Brown's at ESPN. God bless his soul. Um, uh, rest in peace, Darrell Royal. Uh, Makovic's gone. McWilliams. Coaches come and go. The only constant is the university. And if you're a fan, the university's going to be there. The team's going to be there. Bebo's going to be there. The university is the constant. If you're an alum, your degree is constant. It doesn't change with coaches. It still says Bachelor of Science, Master's of this, PhD of that. 
That's what I'm. I'm I, that's where my first loyalty comes. So I'm not going to get emotionally attached to a head coach, any coach. And I and that's the thing that, that drives me completely insane. Is, is people think this is the University of Charlie Strong, like he's getting a bad deal. The man was paid five years, twenty-five million dollars. We're sixteen and nineteen. Sixteen and nineteen on pace to be the worst coach in the history, in the history of the University of Texas. As the data I tweeted out earlier, right now he is the fourth worst percentage of any coach since 1973 to present. He's at 44.8% winning percent in their first 29 games. John Blake, 31%. Curly Holman, Charlie Pell, and then Charlie Pratt. Rich Rodriguez, 44.8% at Michigan. He's a star. Mike Shula, 483 at, at Alabama. Fired. Derek Dooley, 48.3 at Tennessee. Fired. Charlie's at 44.8 at year three. The data tells us he's not getting done. The chances of him, a coach starting with that winning percentage and now getting you to a national championship, is zero. It's almost zero. So unless Charlie Strong is the one in the history ever since the beginning of college football in time to be the outlier to get us to the promised land, it's not happening. Folks, are you willing to take the risk to continue on this path to win the one Powerball? You've got a better chance of winning the Powerball based on the data now than Charlie Strong getting your Longhorns to, a, to the national championship. Now, if that's not your goal, if winning eight, nine, ten years is your goal, that's great. And I'm not going to try to convince anybody of any way of thinking other than me that I'm off the train. I'm going to continue my season tickets. I'm going to go to every game game. I want us to win out as a University of Texas fan and alum. But if Charlie Strong is fired tomorrow, I'm going to buckle up and wear my burnt orange and go to the game next week at, 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 at home and watch us at, uh, play Iowa State. I'm just not emotionally attached to any coach. Uh, I mean, he's got $25 million. He'll be fine. But I am just not convinced. So let, and let me ask you all this. Can anybody honestly, honestly look themselves in the mirror and say, okay, next year, the year after, the year after, Let's say he continues to recruit like he has, and we get to the playoffs. Somehow we get to the playoffs, and we play Ohio State or Alabama or even Florida State or, or, or whoever, one of these top tier. And our talent and their talent is about equal because we're not going to have better talent than Alabama. We're not going to have better talent. Than, do you all honestly think that Charlie Strong is going to outcoach Urban Meyer, Nick Saban, um, Jimbo Fisher, hell, even Peterson at Washington. I mean, I could go uh, Gabo Sweeney at Clemson, Gus Malazan at Auburn, even though they're struggling. I mean, he's won some games. I mean, I could go on and on and on. I, I am not convinced that all things equal. Yeah, we talk about Louisville. He had two winning seasons, two seasons at 500 or below. He's had three seasons at Texas. One below, two below, counting the bowl, the bowl again. He's about a 500 coach for his career. It is what you see. At some point, the data is the data. So you can hang on the hope if you want to. That's great. If he's the coach next year, I'm going to root for the team. I hope he becomes the one-in-a-million outlier and gets us to the promised land. I don't want to be 
uh, the Baylor or the A&M's winning eight, nine games. You know, I want to be Ohio State. I want to be Alabama. And if that's not your goal, then your goal is different than my goal. We've got the biggest budget, the best recruiting base. Why don't we expect excellence from our football team? We expect excellence in our academics. We, the, only the top 7% get in. We expect excellence in our, in our volleyball team. They, they're winning. We, we fired a, our women's basketball coach. We fired Rick Barnes. We expect, we expect excellence. And if it's not getting done, it's not getting done. I just don't understand why people just can't say Strong's not getting it done. Let's, let's move on. Why, why such the emotional attachment? I just don't get it. Now, with that said, in my opinion, what he has to do to say, I, I think the margin of error is extremely thin at this point, extremely thin. Um, six and six, there's no way he survives six and six. Seven and five, 85, 90% chance he's gone. Eight and four is where it gets tricky. Let's say he does win eight and four, okay? So he's got to go six and two uh, the, the last eight games. Let's say two, those other two losses are blowouts, and then you have six wins. Eight and four, my gut feel tells me he's probably back. It could it could be dicey. If you go eight and four and get blown out in the bowl game and go eight and five, eh, it gets a little dicey. You go nine and four when your bowl he's probably back if the decision's not made before then. So um eight and four eight eight wins seems to be the number. And I know everybody says, Hey Mike, you said eight and four. No, I was at nine and three and I was okay with eight and four. But my asker beside that is we have to see improvement and, and not have blowouts. Okay, we've already had a we've already had a blowout against um, Oklahoma State. Let's talk about the Oklahoma State game for a minute. Please go look through the history books and tell me a team that's had three extra points blocked in one game. I mean, I know players have to perform, but players only – you listen to every great coach. If you run them hard, if you play hard, if practice is harder than the game, the game becomes easy. That's execution. It's on, it's on the players. Yes, we missed 30-plus tackles. Yes, that's on the players. But again – the coaches need to put the players in a position to tackle. Maybe we're not working on tackling. I don't know. We missed 30 tackles. I have never seen a coach punt with four or five minutes to go in the game and you're down and, and not go for it. We, 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 take, we, we took timeouts home. We didn't try to stop the clock. We just kind of gave up. We just basically quit on the game. What kind of message does that sound? And then let's not even talk about Decline, wanting to decline a penalty, uh, and then the ref has to step in and says, "No, you know, I mean, that, that, that's, I've never seen anything like that." And then on the one on the one play, we had holding, and so instead of second and twenty, we make it third and ten. They pick up twelve yards the next play, get a first down. They go on and score. Um, I mean, the game management is just unbelievable, and, and that's the thing. It's the inconsistency. I will not be surprised. If we come out and play extremely hard against OU, it would not shock me if we upset them. We, we've done it last year. We almost did it in his first year. But then, mark my words, remember I said this, we might come out against uh, Iowa State and stink it up or go up to Kansas State and lose 31-7 to or something. So it, it, it's the consistency every single week. And if we go 8-4 and four this week, this year, what's the expectation for 2017? Is everybody happy at nine and three, ten and three, ten and two? Oh, it's only year four. Year four. 
my God, his first class will be seniors. And then we give him 2018. And then what's the expectation there? Win 10 games? I mean, I mean, how, how far does the rabbit hole go? I, I think his peak, and this is the thing, everybody's saying eight and four is showing improvement. In this shift conference? Are you serious? Tell me, I mean, my God, Iowa State's 0-4. TCU looks horrible. They're, I mean, Oklahoma is long, has been just manhandled. They're not a good team. Oklahoma's not good. Kansas State is average. Baylor's a little bit above. Tell me who's good in this conference. So you go 8-4 and four with this schedule. That doesn't mean you improved. It just means you beat shittier because you beat shitty teams, folks. So, again, I'm not trying to convince anybody. I'm off the strong wagon. I'm on the University of Texas wagon, and that's the way it's going to be. And if, and if next year, two years, three years, he wins the national championship, I will gladly tweet out, I was wrong. I'll say it over and over, I was wrong, but I'm not holding my breath. I think I'm going to be good because, again, the data tells me he would be the only coach with his start to do it. The data also says most coaches – win a national championship in the year in year three, four, five. All all the championship coaches um do it. And I'm I'm actually gonna I've got that data saved right here. So if y'all bear with me, I'm actually going to um show it and I'm I'm gonna show you exactly what it is. Um year two, Bob Stoops, Barry Switzer, Gene Sick, Chiswick, Urban Meyer, Jim Trestle. Third year, Nick Saban, Gene Stallings, Lou Holtz, Dan Devine, Urban Meyer, Ohio State. Barry Switzer, Pete Carroll, Lloyd Carr, Les Miles, Dennis Erickson, John Robinson. Won it in their fourth year. Pete Carroll, Urban Meyer, Florida, Jimbo Fisher, Jimmy Johnson, Danny Ford, Nick Saban. So does anybody think Texas is winning a national championship this year or next year? No. Well, again, the data says the elitist coaches do it in the first four years. So, again, he's going to have to do something. Yeah, Matt Brown did get one in year eight. Yeah, there's there's some coaches, and they got it in year eight. So, um, you know, it does happen. But, again, Matt Brown wasn't elite of the leaders. Now, and if he wins one in 08 and 09, yeah, we put him up there, he fell a short. Mac was close to being elite from about 2001 to 2009 when he went 70-something in nine. Um, I mean, he, he was as close to his lead, but I would still not put him in the Nick Saban, even Pete Carroll, Urban Meyer conversation. I think he's a, a right up underneath that. So, again, uh, the data just tells me that, um, that we're not going to um, – to go there. So people say, well, what, well, what coach do you want to um, bring in? You know, I think it's too early, but I can tell you what right now, I can name a bunch of coaches uh, that, that could do a better job than what we're getting right now. We could get Peterson from Washington. Obviously, the hot name is um, Herman. And I'm going to tell you right now, you can go to every message board and put my name on there. And I have literally called everybody out for riding on the Herman train and this and that and and whatever, because it was it was sickening, sickening last year when we knew he wasn't going to get fired. I was all for giving strong this third year. Uh, so, but I mean, my God, what is he? Seventeen and one, eighteen and one now. Uh, I mean, the 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 data doesn't lie there. Uh, I mean, they'll probably lose to Louisville. He doesn't have the two, so he's probably going to go eleven and one. They'll probably win their bowl game. He's going to go twelve and one, two years in a row. Uh, I mean, be twenty four and two um, or, or whatever, um, back-to-back years. I mean, that I don't care where you're coaching. That's impressive. Um, I talked to some high school, high school coaches that I respect. Uh, they have the utmost respect for, uh, for um, 
Herman. They say, I mean, he's a member of Mensa. Uh, they just don't let people in the Mensa. So obviously he's a high thinker. He's an attention to detail. And if you just watch U of H play, they are well coached. They don't make the boneheaded mistakes like we're making. Um, so uh, if Herman's the guy, uh, in my opinion, now this is strictly my opinion with no sources, no insider BS, this is, this is what I think is, is probably going to happen. If we lose to OU and we lose a couple more games, I'm still of the belief Texas does not fire coaches in season. And Now, with that said, if we get blown out this week and we have another stinker, it could either – I mean, it, it could, they could just say it's enough and move on. I, I think that's probably about 30% chance of having them, maybe, maybe even less. So let's just say strong makes the year. Um, but it comes pretty obviously late October, no, early November – um, after TCU, that it's um, it's going to be all over. He's probably fired that Sunday um, or Saturday after the um, TCU game, um, the Thanksgiving game, which is on Friday this year. Um, my opinion, I think probably within a day or two or probably a week of that, my gut feel Herman would, will be announced the coach. I mean, if, if Texas is going to move on this thing, back-channel communication is already going to be done. Now, other people who claim to be insiders – on the U of H side, on the Texas side, they have been pretty outspoken and adamant that, that, that Texas is Herman's dream job. And if offered and he's contacted, that, that he'll accept it. They'll get the contract negotiated. So, so what I'm saying here is, in my opinion, I think a back-channel deal will be done as soon as it's over. The contract is probably going to be signed sitting in his agent's um, uh, safe somewhere. As soon as it's over, it'll be faxed back into Texas, and there'll be an announcement. I really, um, I really believe um, that's how um, this thing is going to shake out, unless Strong gets, you know, gets it turned around. Um, but I think as soon as it starts to show that he's not going to get it turned around and he's not going to return, um, I think I think the communication gets hot and heavy with Herman. A deal is wrapped up, and it's going to be like a domino because you got to get Herman in place, um, you know, in late November, early December. To, to get recruiting back on because but recruiting is going to be a, a bloodbath right now. Um, it's not going to be pretty until this thing is settled. And I'm actually okay with taking a step back and maybe end up with the 12th, 13th, 14th ranked class. We, it's a small class anyway. We can only take 18, 19, 20 kids, maybe 22. So it's small anyway. Um, but I still think we'll get some elite talent because Herman is well thought of around the state. I, I can assure you. And some of these big-time kids are going to come on board. What you'll see then in the 2018 class with Herman, uh, you'll probably have a top two or three class. There's no doubt in my mind. So that's really my thoughts on Herman. Um, I really don't think you can go wrong um, by hiring Tom Herman. Uh, now, if some reason that doesn't go awry, I think there's a lot of good, other good choices. I'm not going to go in those tonight because it really doesn't matter this far out, but I will put together a list of the other four or five viable options in my opinion. So I think the best advice I would give Longhorn fans, and I'm really talking to myself at this point, is all we can do is show up, root for our team, hope that we win, because um, I will never root for my team to, to lose just so a coach could get fired. It's going to run its course. I'm going to scream. I'm going to be pissed off. Um, um, and, and, and if we lose, Strong's going to be gone. If we win, he's going to get 2017, and then we'll reboot and see what that holds. Now, I will still show up in 2017. I'm just of the belief that we're going to be having these conversations every year until the administration does finally pull the plug because I'm just not convinced Strong is going to get us in the playoffs or to an elite status. Um, I just don't see it. So um, that's, that's really my take. Um, 
big game this week against OU. I, I think I, I think our secondary is going to get lit up. I know OU has got some injuries, as Allen has said. I, I mean, we had two weeks to fix the defense um, before Oklahoma State, and that didn't really seem to, to do much. Um, so here we are with only, you know, four or five days to prepare. It's a rivalry game. Uh, I think the kids are going to come out pumped up, but at the end of the day, I just don't think we're going to be um, – we're going to be in a position to make plays. I think we're going to give up some big plays. I think it's going to play early, but it's going to play pretty tight. And then I look for late, mid to late third quarter OU to open it up by about two touchdown lead. And then um, they'll probably get a late touchdown. You know, it'll probably be hovering around that 38-30. And then they're going to get a couple late touchdowns. And I really think it's going to end up around 52-30. to I uh, hope I'm wrong. I'd love to come in here next week and decide that we beat OU sucks. There's, I mean, ain't nobody wants to lose to them sorry suckers. Um, so that's the way I see it shaping out. Um, so, um, everybody heading out to the state fair, have fun, eat lots of fried food, turkey legs, drink a lot of beer. You want to say hi to me? I'll be in the Coca-Cola food court early at the same picnic table. Probably about 30 minutes in, I'll be on top of the picnic table leading the whole food court in Texas fight with my good buddy, Matt. People are already saying, where's Matt? Well, I, I guess, I don't know if he's going to be back or not. He's so frustrated. Uh, right now, he said he doesn't even want to talk about it anymore. He just wants to talk and to stop and wants us to show up and play football and get good. He is extremely, extremely frustrated. So he just doesn't even want to be on the podcast right now. And so I'm honoring that wish, and I'm going to run solo for a while. I'll probably have some guest co-hosts on to finish out the year because I'm probably going to have to have some people um, because I still think some more blowouts are coming. So I'm probably going to need some people to um, – Talk me off the ledge, and um, until we get some resolution on this um, on the coaching job. So, with that said, I'll see everybody next Wednesday, eight o'clock. That's beat OU. OU sucks. Sucks. Excuse me. I was trying to take a sip of water. Always remember, the eyes of Texas are upon you. Hook them horns, and let's just hope we hear a lot of this Saturday. <laughs>